Welcome to Big Facts No Cap, the only show that's number one with bad teachers and Cameron Diaz features. We're Paul and Adrian, and let's get into it. Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap no cap. No cap. Big facts. No cap. No cap. Big facts. No 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 no. Big facts. No cap. No cap. All right. How do we usually start these? I don't know. Uh, I usually try to think of something to get us to start talking about, and if I can't, I go, "Hey, Adrian, what's up with teachers, huh, buddy?" Oh, yeah, that's always our default. Uh, I don't know. There's probably a lot of good stories we have about teachers, don't we? I think it was Plato who said, uh, oh, I have no teacher quotes off the top of my head. I don't know why I thought I did, <laughs> as if that was going to be a good way to start the uh, the podcast. You know, I really, I think of the uh, I think of the classical philosophers as my teachers. Yes, I've only taken one philosophy class in college, and I only read one of the uh, books that we were supposed to. And, you know, I mean, I, I skimmed it, but <laughs> Plato has some good points. You know, Plato was a... Uh... Uh, a beekeeper i think no he wasn't a beekeeper i think he had some musings about bees oh here's two good stories so one is that whenever you read like general text about bees and beekeeping they'll usually mention people like um pliny the elder and pliny the younger and i think it was might have been aristotle but not plato where like what their musings were on how honeybee societies worked and so i think it was aristotle who was like the first to be like oh the big one's obviously the king bee and then you know they're a patriarchal society which is obviously wrong and then uh <laughs> the other thing that um is interesting about that is sometimes other people will like uh bring in kind of literary quotes like that uh, in scientific writing and so my favorite ever was there was a paper that students in a class that i was grading for had to read and in the beginning of it they started off with a quote from the bible about like uh, it's like proverbs so i think that's just like a list of uh buddha judgisms in the bible right it's just a <laughs> chapter where it's just like giving you weird philosophical advice but one of the things is you know like be busy like the ant or whatever and so uh one of the students wrote about in their um summarization slash critique of the article was like they have uh, no right to bring in the Bible into this scientific piece of writing and it completely and immediately discredits their work. And I just wrote while I was grading his paper, like, calm down. <laughs> just right <laughs> on the page. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I wrote out a longer message, but yeah, the first thing I wrote was like, LOL, calm down, dude. <laughs> okay, what was interesting about your thing, the, the, the thing that stood out to me was the, uh, you were mentioning how they thought like bees were patriarchal from like their very limited ideas of what they were doing and that's like my favorite thing about trying to read any old philosophy is when they just say like something that seems so boneheaded and dumb like yeah. that where it's just like clearly either like they're they're putting their own twist based on their own time in society i think my favorite one of those is just like this guy is may, way more recent he's 20th century but uh sartre when it's just like all right reading mm. through his book reading through his book bam right there he's just talking about like He's just like, every human has a hole in them that they want filled. And for women, it's like literally their fucking hole that they want filled. <laughs> like, it's just like, it's just like yeah. whoa, <laughs> clearly that is not some universal truth. You were just stumbling on some weird thing from your time. <laughs> yeah, it's very Freudian, um, yeah. which is interesting. I, I have always, my opinion has always been for people who are like really anti-Freud that like, obviously read him as a philosopher and not a scientist <laughs> like, like and even then you don't have to take it all seriously but like yeah he, he had some wacky ideas like that too he had some wacky goof-em-ups in his writing ball and then yeah if you go back to like the ancient it's like 
half their shit is just mean poetry about other philosophers they didn't like calling them gay and stuff so wait is this just you turning your chair around and telling me that early philosophy was just battle rap but in another age uh it's like in order to connect with me <laughs> isn't it i think it's like classical composers who have all like the ass eat and stuff right and the uh weird uh scatological um poems that they wrote so it's very uh, much a uh, trends in the way people do these side writings I'm not sure about that. I know Byron, like, literally uh, mentions farts in his poetry and shit like that. Like, he just wrote a lot of dirty letters to people. I guess he yeah. was known for being horny, but, like, I mean, who actually reads these type of people? So I didn't know that yep. he, he was that dirty. Oh, it gets gross, bro. <laughs> you read Byron? Uh, no, I don't think I have. I, I think I've, these are all things that, like, you read, like, a mental floss article of the highlights. No one actually, I, no one I know would sit down and actually engage with this for longer than, like, I know. an hour <laughs> wouldn't, just reading through it. Wouldn't you just feel, wouldn't you feel ridiculous reading, like, Socrates or Plato? I, I mean, obviously Byron's from a whole different era, but anybody, but wouldn't you feel ridiculous reading anything before the 1800s? If I wasn't getting paid for it, yeah, I'd feel ridiculous. But we are talking about teachers, and I guess what that comes from is that the early philosophers were uh, all teachers and it's all it is kind of cool that they all the famous ones were like from greece and rome were literally like just like a lineage of each other's teachers right alexander the great was taught by aristotle who was taught by whatever person who was taught by whatever person so there's like kind of a cool like lineage of teacher to student yeah i always like to say that i'm the academic grandson of eo wilson although <laughs> uh i think some people don't uh like him that much in our modern culture so maybe i should stop saying that or bragging about it oh <laughs> uh, wait who, who uh he's like the he's kind of like on like dawkins level of like but maybe more science focused and less like religion focused but yeah kind of like science communicator writes general books uh but is also like a harvard professor emeritus who studied ants for a long time that was your was that your he was my advisor's advisor okay. advisor so yeah, i think he's my great grand advisor the prob like like my actual great granddad he is now problematic <laughs> so we don't talk about it <laughs> yeah i mean i feel like just working at harvard should make you problematic i don't you work side <laughs> you work side by side with alan dershowitz every day maybe yeah 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 you uh you work for the uh in the house of the get out family like clearly you're, <laughs> you're doing something <laughs> But interesting. Any uh, any any good teacher stories other than just great yeah. advisor <laughs> being problematic? <laughs> well, I think for me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna really lightly use that phrase. By the way, I feel like if someone asked me about it right now, I would not be able to outline anything about it. I've just been told by people that I trust that there's some weird stuff going on with them. Um, but uh, I think for me, because I've more recently been a teacher than having been taught, uh, I think stories of me teaching come more immediately. But I feel like there are probably better stories of like little adrian in like elementary school or something crazy that happened with one of my teachers i just need a second to think i always um, tell this story to people it's a story about i guess depending on your perspective a good teacher or a bad teacher uh i was an elementary school teacher i can't even remember her name and oh boy if i did i would call her out right now this would be a public yeah. letter I do remember one time, like, as a child, I was confused about like the idea of languages and i was like how why do we have more than one language well she told you the story of babel <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I was just, I was just like, I asked her, I was like, yeah, why wouldn't we just have one language that, uh, that spread throughout the world and became the language everybody spoke? Like, and she was like, well, I probably shouldn't say this to you. And then, yeah, she told me the story of Babel. She was like, humans were, they had too much hubris and they tried to build a tower up so high that they could reach God. And God got upset about that, struck it down, and as punishment split them into tribes and gave them all different languages 
that was uh I, I think at the time even though i was very young i had a sense for the fact that that probably wasn't true that didn't feel right to me <laughs> uh, yeah. like a very guttural sense i was like i, I... <laughs> nobody starts a true story with i probably shouldn't be saying this <laughs> yeah uh i love that um as if anyone in that south carolina school was going to care about her saying that <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh yeah who was gonna this get was her a, in trouble <laughs> this was gonna be like god's not dead too where it was just gonna become a whole national scale uh litigation oh, god. shout out um, to anybody who's seen not god's not dead too uh you have to see some pretty obscure movies to get my references <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i don't think i have are we telling good teacher stories or bad teacher stories because i feel like Either that's a or... bad teacher story <laughs> Uh, well, really, our articles this week are about parent-teacher stuff, so... I, I guess we can kind of do either. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I did read a, a, a ask or an advice column question uh, from a really good teacher, and I, I like, legit almost cried because it was such a beautiful story. <laughs> and I am uh, I have that one saved for like another day, but... Uh, when we yeah, do our beautiful doing, stories episode. <laughs> yeah, we're doing funnier stuff today, but yeah, there was... Um, and I actually have a story where I was like, yeah, I had a teacher who did a similar uh, exercise, and it, anyways, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm choking up again. <laughs> Just thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> Chicken um, soup for Paul and Adrian's soul. Like, that's yeah. what I think. <laughs> we'll read that on the uh, Adrian and Paul need to regain sanity episode. Have you, as a TA, uh, had to deal with any parents at a college level? Have you ever had, like, a little undergrad whose uh, parent was a little too uh, attached to their to their bird after they left the nest? Uh, no, I've actually never had to deal with parents, which has been great. I've mostly just dealt with the kids. I Since day one, when I was only a year older than them, I kept calling them the kids, and I've <laughs> continued since then. Yeah, and, like, the biggest thing for me, I think the story that I usually tell about TAing is um, uh, my reaction to getting teacher reviews, which is, like, apparently something that's kind of under review right now as, like, a general thing where, like, we know from the data that's biased against professors with accents or... I don't know, good teachers, and, like, there's no correlation between whether or not you get good reviews and whether or not you're actually good at teaching or whatever. Mm. Um, but they are fun, and so I like reading them. It's, it's an interesting thing where, like, 99% of the kids say, like, uh, Adrian's a good teacher, he's very passionate, uh, he has fun animal shirts, he's a very funny guy, and I'm like, okay, that's all cool or whatever. And then the one student that's like, I didn't really find him really approachable. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like all of the good stuff in the world you drown in it and you feel okay about it and then the one kid that's like i thought his voice was a little monotone fuck you kid <laughs> is that anything monotone about that you little bitch <laughs> um you're lucky i don't recognize your handwriting <laughs> are, are you guys doing okay at davis why are you guys handwriting reviews <laughs> do you guys not have money for laptops um you know that's a good question i don't actually i don't actually know what the answer to that is they just they scan it all and uh, send you a pdf uh, whenever you ask for it at the end of the year interesting oh not email. i think it's in case i think it's kind of like election fraud like they're worried about it so uh the only 100 percent way to make sure it's clean is to do it on paper you know what what was really weird this is a side story that i assume i'm gonna go ahead and cut but do you remember like during the psat like the middle school like standardized test where they would make you write a paragraph in cursive that was like i will not cheat yeah what 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 was that what was the point of that exercise was that like to be able to compare and contrast the cursive later was it because it was like the whole thing was like a signature so it's more official oh yeah i think that's it's that Patton oswald bit about how like writing your name in print does nothing but when you do it with the swirlies it's suddenly <laughs> legally binding <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, I think it's basically that. I think it's supposed to make it look more official. Okay, interesting and stupid. Uh, I was gonna make a joke when you were saying that about we were writing out stuff in cursive about them like making us like sign a pact with the devil in the middle of it or something. But a story I have about that. One teacher I had who I thought was really good, but did get fired the year after I had him uh, when I was in high school. Uh, kind of a young dude, really funny. I liked him a lot. He was the one who uh, played as Kung Fu Panda in English for our Spanish class without Spanish subtitles. Yeah, at one point we were studying Cuba, I think. And so he made us um, say uh, something in Cuban or in Spanish, but like from the Cuban lens. Essentially, he made us like do the uh, Cuban National Pledge or whatever their equivalent is, where we essentially like pledge ourselves to communism. <laughs> and uh, that was like a funny bit that he did for all of us, where he was like, you guys are all pledged to communism now. And then he put on his sunglasses and rode out on his Harley. Um, and flicked a cigarette butt at us. <laughs> yeah, I don't have too many stories personally about my uh, parents and teachers interacting. My parents were really hands off on my education. Yeah, I mean, oh. there was nothing to report on my report card. I got a uh, good kid, Mad City, on like every report card that I uh, like comment from the teacher. So, uh, no, it's a uh, good student fine work. That's what it is. <laughs> um, if if a like... rose grew in a dark room, would you trust it? If I told you that a flower bloomed in a dark room, would you trust it? I mean, I um, so, yeah, I, I don't think my parents had much to talk about with me. Maybe with Dorley, they might have had some, like, interactions with teachers or something. I, I, I don't think Dorley was really a bad, uh, like, bad behavior type student. I know she got in trouble once because uh, a kid, in, when I was in kindergarten, was bullying me. And so she wrote him what was apparently a very threatening letter <laughs> about what she was going to do to him if he didn't stop. And so she got called to the principal's office for that. <laughs> That's awesome. I had one class with, uh, with your sister, Dorley, when we were in, uh, High school, which is weird. I don't think I ever had a class with you all through our 12 no, years. Think, yeah, you were more on Dorley's level than me. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to let that one slide, but things are never going to be the same between me and you, Adrian. Anyway. Yeah, I forget what class we had. We had like some sort of like... Problem in stats, right? Or It was else. some sort of extra math class you didn't have to take, but I just took it. Mm. Um... Yeah, and she was, was a, story? she was she was a she was a good student from what I remember. She was like she just sat there. I remember the main thing was that between us sat this really 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 dumb girl, and mm. that was the year me and Dorley had that class together. That was the year um, Obama got Osama bin Laden and uh, they killed him. And I remember that girl like literally being so upset about it because she was so conservative and she sat between me and Dorley. She was like, I don't think, I don't think you, Obama really, uh, I don't think that SWAT team really killed Osama. And I was like, what do you mean? She was like, I think Obama's lying about it. I was like, ah, I, I don't, I don't think that's true at all. And she was just like, no, you're just being so stupid. It was a very um, weird interaction. Well, it's just a very Lexington high school interaction. Oh, wait, do you want to tell that story? I guess it's not a parent teacher thing. It's just a basic teacher story, but once again, I'm calling you out. I'm calling out where I'm just like um, at a concert and I want Paul to do an encore of my favorites. <laughs> um, and so this is the Mr. Rollins story from uh, in, the, in the library. Yeah. So in middle school, I was like, there was like a little air gap between our library and lunchroom. And I walked out of the library one day into the air gap. And what was that, by the way? Was it like uh, we were a butterfly sanctuary and you have to have the little extra room to make sure there are no butterflies getting out? Yeah, that doesn't really make sense because they should have both been air conditioned. I don't know why they had an air gap. Yeah, no clue. But you remember the air gap, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
maybe it was just for extra sound protection because who wants the library? Like, it seems like a design flaw to put the library next to the lunchroom. Yeah, I, I, I suppose so. Um, this wasn't, uh, you know, this wasn't a Lloyd Wright. Wait, is that an architect? <laughs> yeah, this wasn't that. But yeah, I walk out of the library and I walk into the air gap and uh, one of our teachers is in the air gap talking to a librarian and they're just like having a conversation and as soon as i walk into the uh into the little room where they are it's just like i can tell he sees me walk in and he immediately just switches the conversation to really loudly be like and that's why i think that we should be able to hit kids again because frankly they're disrespectful <laughs> i just keep walking through the air gap and just walk through and it was uh it was like it was actually like a big moment for young paul because i remember i was thinking like Oh, he was kid joking around with me. He was doing like he thought I was cool enough to get the joke, and he was willing to like say something that'd be considered uh, like an offensive joke because he thought like, "Hey, Paul will get it. He's like a cool kid." Like, and he like let me in on that, and it like actually weirdly yeah. like made me feel super good about myself because I think I was like, "Did you have what? him as a teacher? Or is this just your reputation around our middle school that you were a cool?" No, kid? <laughs> I I had him as a teacher. Uh, he actually got in trouble one time for saying curses in front of the class because he like, yeah, one of the girls reported him for cursing in front of us, so, which for me was like similar to the other thing, which is like, oh, he respects us enough to be able to like curse in front of us and not treat us like children. So I thought it was like a point of like, wow, what like, it's awesome that somebody's treating us like adults instead of treating us as like too innocent to like hear the truth. But yeah, one of the students literally... did not like it. <laughs> I literally had that thought the other day of like, if I ever, if I like make teaching a big part of my career and end up doing like a, a Dr. Brown and like teaching at a local high school when I'm retired, the one thing that's stopping me from doing that is the fact that I, I cannot like control the way that I speak. Um, <laughs> I definitely need the freedom of the university to be able to like, um, to like go up to a kid that's doing something during lab and be like, what is this fuck shit? What are you doing right now? <laughs> Get back to work. <laughs> I think the only other story to wrap up this banter um, that will get sharply cut <laughs> is uh, my fourth grade teacher who also had my brother. And that was an interesting thing where I think we said earlier, and I don't know if this is going to make it into the podcast, that Dorley wasn't a bad student. But there was very much a big difference between, um, I guess in one instance this wasn't true, but in general, if they had my brother, it was a very positive response. Whereas if they knew me because they had my sister, they were kind of like, eh. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, she had had my brother nine years earlier. Earlier, uh, There's a big age gap. Um, and so she liked me a lot from the beginning. And then I think I was very much like my brother at that age. So she enjoyed me quite a bit. And uh, she gave me a free trampoline. <laughs> mm. um, so yeah, I actually had to like drive with my parents over to her house to pick up a trampoline uh, that her kids weren't using enough. And she thought, I'll give it to this uh, poor Guatemalan. Um, and I enjoyed that trampoline quite a bit. I had a lot of fun in it. So Is that um, the trampoline that was in your yard in high school? No, that was from a different teacher. That was, uh, yeah, no, of course. We're not getting multiple trampolines. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, that is, that's a nice teacher. Yeah, she was, uh, she was great. She also, um, she let me know at one point when we had a substitute, she was like, very obviously, Adrian, you are the person who I'm saying she should trust. So, you know, take that responsibility as you will. Um, and I did not do anything about it anything the sub had to ask about because i was too shy about it but um that is a very real thing like i feel like there's a neds to classified episode about the whole kids you can trust when a subs when, like list that a substitute gets yeah that's also like 
what a what a fun way for her to tell the entire class that she thinks you're the biggest bitch in there (laughs) (laughs) well it was privately but yeah (laughs) oh okay i thought she was just up in front and she was just like just so you guys know the guy who i consider the biggest rat um (laughs) who absolutely should be alienated by you guys because he should just eat lunch with the teachers in the break room is adrian Oh, you know what's really funny? I actually just realized that the teacher who gave me the trampoline was not the one who I just described about having my brother before. (laughs) I just combined two teachers together. Yeah, no, that was my fifth grade teacher, not my fourth grade teacher. My fourth grade teacher, for a week, uh, we had to have a sub in uh, fourth grade because my teacher went to Japan to play competitive kickball. (laughs) Uh, Did she win? Was she the um, world kickball champion? She she came back bringing great shame onto our classroom. (laughs) uh yeah i actually don't even remember if she won or not um, she came back really really like jaded and it was just like you'd be like oh ma'am can i uh get, can i turn in my homework from last friday <laughs> trying anything is meaningless picks up a big rubber ball and squishes it in her hand till the air comes out <laughs> just give up now adrian who cares about your homework from last friday uh yeah there were no big indicators like that <laughs> <laughs> and she had a um, scar down her left eye <laughs> All right, well, that seems like enough bullshit off top. Paul, what you got for me this week? This week, it's like, mine's actually pretty short, so I'll go ahead and go first. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll get me out of the way for, for your great article. But this one is coming from the Houston Press. And more than anything, I've been wanting to do an article from Ask Willie D because he's absolutely incredible. Every one of his questions and answers is not only funny but basically always like on point and he's just like got a great energy he doesn't really write big long answers he's more like let me get in there make one joke kind of roast your ass give like make a good point and then he's out of there he's not he's not writing an essay back to the question askers and he is actually famous not for being a journalist or anything willie d is willie d from the ghetto boys which, other than Scarface, I actually didn't know any of the uh, members of the Ghetto Boys. So hmm. I, I didn't know about, like, Willie D until I started reading this article. But, boy, people in Houston, when they send in a, they, when they send in a question to him, they love to reference Ghetto Boys lyrics. He just gets the best questions, man. This is, this is a great one if you just want, like, a little... Well, it's been over for more than a few years, so can't really follow it in you. But if you ever want, like, a if little bite-sized... Yeah, yeah, if you ever want a little bit of bite-sized hilarity, the, the archives for this are a great place. This person wrote into to uh, Willie D to ask him about an issue he's having with his son's teacher. And let me go ahead and date this. It's from 2015, so I'll just jump into it. The question for Willie D. My son's teacher dresses like a slut. Dear Willie D, the first time I saw my son's teacher walking the hallway of his school, I thought she was one of those young, immature mothers who hadn't quite learned the meaning of class in appropriate settings. She wears the skimpiest clothes. Everything she wears is skin tight, and her skirts are always way above the knee. I want to report her, but I don't want her mistreating my son for something I did. What do you think I should do? Appropriate settings. Um... All right, Paul, thoughts off top? I could see why this would be a problem, but his description of her clothing didn't make it sound inappropriate enough. It's just, like, short skirts and stuff that's too tight. That sounds, like, acceptably, like... It's, a, like, he, he didn't say, like, I don't know. I, I What would so I consider co- one, completely one... inappropriate? Like, maybe a midriff would be completely inappropriate for a teacher or, like, yeah. a short shoulderless outfit. But just, like, 
too tight and slightly too short of skirts are not within the realm of like you need to be complaining i feel like i have like four things that i immediately want to say or clarify um one is what age group are we talking about because if this is like Mm. elementary school i don't know if it really matters what teachers wear like as long as they're not like i don't know as long as it's not weird (laughs) i think it's like why does it matter unless it, it would only matter to you so what age group is she teaching uh two i feel like it's revealing in his answer that she's obviously attractive because otherwise he would have also complained about her being unattractive or like being too overweight to wear this kind of clothes yeah um, i also so I think, got that vibe that she was definitely yeah. attractive uh i, I, I think it's definitely a, him her as a young immature mother because he he added young you know yeah. she's attractive you know what i mean oh yeah um <laughs> uh, so uh and her skirt are always way above the knees like yeah i don't know like again like i, I don't think that matters if she's teaching elementary school kids and then you could see if I, he, want... I, I get that point it could be it, the reason it would be inappropriate is for high school students, it might be distracting, but then that kind of yeah. gets into the realm of like, would it be her responsibility? And it's like, in any other situation, no, but in the situation of children whose like brains aren't fully developed, maybe it is your responsibility to not give them anything. But that's to... also like the age in which it becomes a two-way street, right? Like, I don't think, we don't have like dress codes in elementary school, like it's not an issue, right? Like, I feel like I only remember talking about dress code from like middle school up. Where, like, everyone complained about certain teachers who were, like, real dress code hounds or, like, the whole finger test where, like, girls with long arms were discriminated against because they just happened to have longer arms so their skirts had to be longer. Mm. Um, Like, I don't, yeah, so that's the one thing I want to know is, like, is this a high school teacher? Is this an elementary school teacher? So I I can know whether or not this is purely a problem of his own making or if this is something where he has any kind of legitimate concern about it. Um, And I also agree with the the general idea, yeah, that, like, it it would be a victim-blaming thing. I mean, yes, it would be a victim-blaming thing, but also, like, if the school has standards for students, it should also apparently, it should in some way have standards for teachers as well. And I'd be surprised if, like, A lot of West Coast schools and progressive schools no longer have dress codes for students. Like, anything you could wear in public, you can now wear to high schools in some parts, like... Oh, nice. So you could wear the um, blame it on the alcohol shirts that were popular at a hot topic when we were in high school, (laughs) where when students wore that... Yeah, when students wore that shirt, they had to get a piece of duct tape over the alcohol word because that's a naughty word. <laughs> that's so crazy. Yeah, I think that's my favorite example because it's not like it's um like I think there's this uh, scene band that I liked where they had one of their lyrics on a shirt and like it literally said fuck on it. And so I, I knew some kids who wore that shirt to school and like had to have it covered. But like literally just everyday uh, randos where the blame it on the alcohol shirt. <laughs> yeah, having that covered was so funny to me. But yeah, I don't know. Overall, it, can you imagine anybody writing this question who's not kind of an annoying person? Like, I think so. And I think what I'll say, too, is the other assumption that we're missing here is whether or not this is written by a man or a woman. Mm. Um, so whether or not it's a man or a woman and then whether or not it's you know a heterosexual man or a woman that's attracted to this woman in any kind of way. Because I feel like, I don't know, those are the two main underlying like Freudian issues here is either one you don't like that she's wearing the skimpy clothing because you're jealous or that you are attracted to her in a weird way and it's an issue for you assuming that you know this is like not super weird things to wear around kids uh or teenagers or you know do we do we have any advice i think this parent should pull their son out and send them to a catholic school here's my advice which didn't the uh so i think the supreme court just said that catholic schools are allowed to discriminate in their hiring so i think they could not only would they definitely have a dress code. Uh, Wait, who are they discriminating against? Oh, gay people. Gay and lesbian people. Oh, for some reason I was thinking they were discriminating against like non-religious people. And I was like, that seems to make sense. That seems okay. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I was like, that seems like that. I think the reason why it's not really is because a lot of private schools also still get public money in various ways. Um, the but, last thing I want to comment before I make advice, though, is um, I want to report her, but I don't want her mistreating my son for something yeah, I she, did. So unless there's retaliation, unless there's a like no anonymous way to report her, how like what like okay, if there's an anonymous way to report her. Was he like rubbing his hands together and like licking his lips as she walked down the hallway? And that's why she definitely knows it's him. Like, why else would you be worried about maintaining your anonymity? I don't want her to spank my son with a ruler in retaliation. I don't want her. I don't want her to treat him like a bad, bad boy. <laughs> that that sounds hot to me. You're getting your son in a BDSM relationship right there. They mm-hmm. for every inch I have to add to my skirt, I'm taking one letter grade off of your assignments. Yeah, also, just the idea that that would be something to retaliate, retaliate, that must mean they're in elementary school, because you can't really retaliate like that in high school, because you usually only have a person for a block or a period, or whatever the school calls them. Yeah, it's really in your younger years where you have that, like, uh, that real dependency on one single teacher. Yeah, Um, where you spend enough time with any teacher that they can, like, you know, have something against you and actually affect your life. Yeah, so... There's a lot of reading between the lines here, um, and so I can't make conclusive advice uh, statements here. But I think my Do you have advice, any advice? Yeah. So, I mean, I think, as always, number one is, like, fuck off. Uh, but, but I think number two is, if you really wanted to, you could inquire about what the dress code is for teachers there. I think, I imagine even the most progressive schools have some kind of, like, dress code there. And if she's following it, then, like, what are you going to do? She's following yeah. the rules. And it's and not like following it's not the like dress she's code, like you're probably being too prudish because even your description to be 100% yeah, exactly. honest sounds a little too prudish to me. That's what I was about to say is that if she's following the dress code, it's probably not that she's like found some weird loophole uh, <laughs> where she's like, it doesn't say that carpets can't be clothing. And so that's why I'm wearing this crop top carpet mini top. I don't I don't know. Uh, I, that was a good example. But like, yeah, if she's following the rules, there's probably no weird loophole that's like letting her do anything more outlandish uh than what should be acceptable you could get her you could get her as a christmas present you could get the (laughs) teacher like a really like you could get her one of those crazy like overly large ugly christmas sweaters (laughs) 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 lobby lobby your local government to enact sharia law lobby yeah sharia law is the answer to your question she needs yeah, to cover obviously. up and she needs to cover up now i i don't know it's hard for me to get a sense of like this person being genuine in their concern otherwise it just seems like what you said earlier which is like the people and the teachers and the administrators who were like really big about dress code were always some of the most hated people and it was like to what fight are they allowing themselves to be this hated like <laughs> what is what is this crusade that they think they're so noble for going for i always thought that was really crazy at our high school at least the people who complained about about getting dress code violations were probably in the right that it was kind of annoying but it was such a cliche complaint i i don't know like but by my four years by the time i was finished with like high school i was just like if i have to listen to another person bitch about a teacher for making her like go to the office yeah it was such a cliche complaint that i was like beyond tired of it by the end of my time there and at the same time i was finished with the teachers who purposely stood out of their door just to call out girls because i was like why like what gets you off on being this villain like who cares like you're spending so much of your time just standing in front of your door between classes finding girls who you think are dressed inappropriately and demanding they go to uh 
ISS until they can fix this fix their outfit and it's just like isn't that exhausting for you to be like the villain like what are you what are you, what are you getting out from of that? that by being yeah. such a stickler for the rules you know yeah uh, and it, it it is definitely one of those problems that's more uh almost exclusively a female problem i don't know how many mm-hmm. the only time i know my uh, assless chaps those, like... really got my <laughs> <laughs> the, our school was so sexist i just went a whole day with assless chaps and nobody said a thing <laughs> um well they thought it was a cultural thing they didn't know how to approach it for you (laughs) um yeah the only time i can think of besides like the guys with t-shirts that had curse words on them of like or you know pseudo curse words uh getting caught with it is literally up until when i was an adult working at trader joe's where one of my friends consistently had issues with how high his shorts rode up or like how short his shorts were um specifically because he would roll them up he was peeking a little head (laughs) No, I think he's a he's a very um, average man. Uh, so <laughs> I don't think it was an issue for him. But yeah, like literally, I I was there and hanging out. I would hang out with him a lot because he was one of my friends. So like, yeah, I was there when like he got like short talking to about like you need to roll down your shorts a bit, bro. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> and that was like the first time I really experienced male um, oppression of uh, fashion expression. For me, on the first episode of this show, complaining about people being moralizers, I feel like we just uh, we just handed this mother or father a real a real talking to, and I think this goes to show why Willie D is the uh, is the king. He's uh, he's the king of this shit because his answer was much more succinct and much less whiny like our answers. <laughs> and his answer to this question is, "Look away and send me pictures, please." <laughs> yeah that's great (laughs) it really it really makes you feel like a bitch when you read that answer and you're like i put way too much thought i mean this is why he's the rapper man he's pithy i'm not (laughs) um yeah that's great obviously i think it might be sexual assault to take secret pictures of your of your child no 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 she's she's in the school you can get the yearbook photos and then also, I think it should be a thing where, like um, an unreleased episode about uh, large penises that we did, it should be on the person who's complaining to send photo proof of whatever they're complaining about. So if they're saying that she looks slutty, she should have already, this person should have already sent in photos. Yeah, that is, I get what you're saying. I, the problem with advice columns is when you have to, uh, the unreliable narrator is a very uh, big worry with advice columns. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? And I think from her tone, we probably both correctly ascertained that, like, she was probably not actually dressed that bad. Um, But look away. I do like that advice. Yeah, look away. (laughs) (laughs) He said it in so few words, what we said in so many. Economy of expression. I'm working on that right now, actually. (laughs) And, and And he managed to slip in some horniness. Classic rapper. Good with words and horny. That's why Willie D is a young goat, except which is a good transition because he was releasing <laughs> music in the early nineties. Damn it, Paul! You messed up my transition. All right, well, never mind that. But yes, the young goat. Go, Adrian. Go. All right, that's why Willie D is a young goat, and that's why we're gonna move on to the OG goat. Um, so it's been a while. Uh, I think it's disrespectful how long it's been, but finally, on episode five, we're bringing in the big one, the white whale. The OG, the Bobby Johnson, the MJ, Dear Abby. God damn.
Uh, this is Abigail Van Buren. Uh, the Actually, I don't even know if she... Well, she's certainly not the first, but I think she is the name in advice column giving. Uh, I've mostly restrained from using her articles just because they are on the shorter side. And usually less funny because Abigail really like feels like politeness question, like the classic old-timey advice column question, which is just like, hey, my mother-in-law is being rude. How do I... How do I approach yeah. this situation? So they're not usually like the funniest. How do I tell my baker he's not using enough blueberries and his scones? And her advice is usually like write a handwritten letter explaining the situation. <laughs> Calligraphy goes a long way. <laughs> we did read one that said that, right? <laughs> At some point. <laughs> but yeah, so this this is, uh, I actually don't, I think this is 2005. So I think this is actually not the OG Abigail. This is when her daughter took over. Um, so this is the Avatar Roku. Um, of the Dear Abby series. Uh, the title is Clumsy Girls' Bruises Are Seen by Teachers as Abuse. <laughs> Dear Abby, my 10-year-old daughter Teddy is extremely accident-prone and has been since she started walking. It has become a family joke that Teddy can trip over air. She has fallen downstairs, tripped over a crack in the sidewalk, breaking her foot, and most recently has stepped on a rake and knocked out a tooth. She's a fucking cartoon. <laughs> Okay, um, how do I deal with her teachers and friends' parents who look at me like I'm an abusive mother? My daughter always seems to have a bruise or cut somewhere. I have received my share of phone calls from concerned teachers, and each time I explain that Teddy is just very accident-prone. I love Teddy, and I've taken every precaution I can to help her have fewer accidents, short of putting her in a bubble to protect her from herself. She has, the, she has perfect vision and no balance issues. Please advise me. Tired of accusations in New Hampshire. Okay, I, I already have advice for her, um... And I want to say, I don't even know if I need to offer too much advice to this parent because it sounds like she's already doing all the right things. If you're going to hit your child, write in an, write in a useful alibi to Dear Abby so that when you go to the court case, you have a, you have a written record of why your children, child has so many bruises. And then they can't use the history of bruises against you as evidence in court. Genius. Genius. I don't, what, what advice do I need to give this parent? They're already ahead of the curb. Uh, yeah, that's exactly where I was going to go with this, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is clearly just an abusive parent lying. <laughs> very intelligently, too, yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, this is... Okay, she's fallen downstairs. She's tripped over a crack in the sidewalk and broke her foot. And she stepped on a rake and knocked out a tooth. I guess step one is like actually no put her in a bubble like every i'm like i've done everything short of put her in a bubble okay well you know the answer <laughs> you know what the natural conclusion <laughs> to your shitty parenting is um put her put her put her in a fucking bubble <laughs> she needs to be a bubble boy <laughs> um yeah uh you're right i'm trying to think of other ways to protect an absolute moron of a child yeah uh i i, I don't know how she's gonna stop this kid maybe she just needs to so maybe the issue isn't so much that we need to give her advice on how to stop her daughter from getting harmed. We need to give her advice on to how to more accurately explain to people yeah, yeah, this, that this her daughter... seems to me like, I feel like this was done on the league where there was like a couple of bits about like one of their children <laughs> having like some weird uh, bruises and stuff. And like, mm. if, it ha if it's happening repeatedly enough to where like, maybe you need like a go-to answer i think that's what we should formulate for her and then mo multiple teachers have called her asking and about friends this parents yeah because they're they're sus 
expecting abuse. Like, something feels wrong. That doesn't feel real. Like, I, I get why people don't believe her. I don't believe her. Yeah. Like, that just doesn't feel like a real thing. I don't believe her for a goddamn second. Oh. Teddy, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> blink twice and Paul and I will come pick you up. I mean, I know that you're now uh, 25. Oh, she's our age. <laughs> I just realized that. She's exactly our age. <laughs> Teddy, if you're listening, uh, here's my number. Hit me up. <laughs> you can find Paul on Bumble. Uh, he's the guy labeled as an atheist. <laughs> uh, well, that's not going to make any sense. We weren't recording when that conversation started. Uh, no, that's just a little. That's uh, You know how like um, whenever you make a meal as a chef, you have a little chef's bite of what you take off on your own? That's that's for me. That's just for that's just for daddy. <laughs> um, yeah, that's interesting. I just realized that she's exactly our age. Um. Yeah, but advice for this parent. Um, well, I mean, look, th- this isn't necessarily like gonna fix her problem, but just a piece of loose advice for the parent is if you ever get really frustrated with her, you could hit her. Because... <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's very obvious. The uh, advice would be get her into MMA. Find Ooh. some other way to explain away these accidents, uh, just to make the conversation easier. Because let- let's assume she's not beating her child, even though she obviously is. Um... <laughs> Then I think the solution is find a easier, more succinct way to explain it away than like this very obvious where you're like pulling the neck of your shirt where you're like, oh boy, she's a clumsy. What can I say? Uh, she comes in and I would say it'd be real terrible if you uh, fell down these stairs we have here, Teddy. Uh, uh, if you don't finish your broccoli, it'd be a shame if you uh, stepped on this rake I left out. It'd be a shame if Teddy had an accident. <laughs> um maybe instead of going for that have an, e- an easier way to like shuttle that conversation away and being like oh she's a she's a real tomboy that's why we named her teddy prophetically and um she's uh into mma right now so she uh she's always got a couple cut kept some bruises from that take her on a tour of a banana factory and uh when she inevitably slips <laughs> on a peel <laughs> uh and bruises her coccyx people will uh they'll, they'll point to her and be like classic teddy we, we know about this girl she is not being harmed by other people <laughs> she is being harmed by herself now that she's 25 i want to know if this is still an issue is she still yeah because like, i think the freaking slipping all the, over the place i think you like, mentioned what would be a really funny follow-up which is like did she but is she like a really clumsy drunk as well and that's like it's translated into her adulthood um where like everyone knows in her friend group that like that's her thing like she, she doesn't get angry she doesn't like text exes but like you can't you can't be crossing the street without like everyone holding her <laughs> like basically like <laughs> like someone fireman oh, carrying yeah. her across the street <laughs> otherwise anything could happen all right well i think i think we covered a lot of different options and knowing dear abby her her answer is going to be way more serious can i guess what dear abby would yeah, say yeah let's do a little let's do a Consider little poll. i haven't like, read this either so we can both guess yeah considering like just her energy it's actually going to just be like something very uh sincere very succinct and very technical it's gonna be like just be when you speak to people make sure to be honest and direct about what's happening and make sure to have a conversation with your daughter about how a young lady should always remember to be poised and great graceful remember maybe you can even sign her up for ballet or some sort of athletic activity so she can get a better presence sense of body that's actually really good that's like that's a really good impression of uh, abby uh, I think Abby's advice yeah, is... that's very much what dear Abby's like, yeah. writing style's like. I think Abby's going to say, um, teach her to blame it on your husband. That way you can at least shuttle the, res- <laughs> the responsibility away a little bit. 
Um, <laughs> if you ever want to divorce your husband, you'll get her in the uh, you'll get her in the divorce proceedings if you play it right. This is advice I give to everyone: weaponize your children if you're gonna have them. <laughs> they are a tool to be used in war <laughs> against your significant other. Um, Don't have children, but if you must, weaponize yeah. them. <laughs> That's exactly what I say. Yeah, dear tired. Schedule your daughter for a complete physical and neurological checkup. <laughs> Is this uh, WebMD? Deep? She's like, she's got cancer. <laughs> uh, if the doctors find nothing wrong, then it's time to take your daughter to a psychologist to find out what might be causing her problem. Um, Abby's going very technical here. Um, yeah, I was not at all worried about the girl, but Abby's like, convinced. <laughs> Yeah, um, if that doesn't work, take her to an acupuncturist and make sure her chi is in order. <laughs> Wait, is that real or is that an Adrian ad? No, that was my ad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just the fact that like she's going for everything is professionalism and that you should uh, just find a professional to fix your daughter because she's clearly wrong. Send your daughter back to the store and try and get a refund because she's clearly fucked. <laughs> yeah, medicate um, her to the point where she just absolutely can't even leave bed, and that would be the solution <laughs> to this issue. Just really pump those p- pills right into her. So take her to a psychologist to find out what might be causing her problem. You should have you should have done so as soon as you began getting calls from her teachers. End of advice. I'm surprised. I thought there would have been a lot more about that, of like cultivate uh, grace in your daughter. Uh, I, I'm surprised that dear Abby didn't say take her to a dentist to fix that mouth that keeps talking back to you. <laughs> Um, do you think people are going to be receptive to the onslaught of the peace jokes that is this section of the podcast yeah no i think i think our fan base is very pro child abuse you know dorley's gonna be loving it she's gonna be like i fucking hate kids get them Oh god, dude. Yeah, I had a conversation with her that about that the other day where like she tried to deny the very obvious history she's had of being so anti-child. Wait, Dora Lee was trying to pretend that she doesn't hate children. By the way, for the listener, Dora Lee, Adrian's sister, absolutely it's hates children and has hated children yeah. for years. Yeah, no, Dora Lee's going to love this regardless of whether or not she uh has aesthetically changed her <laughs> her children's stances. <laughs> Wait, Adrian, do you want to actually put a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode? Um, we can do a content warning. I think trigger warning is a alt-right term. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. I guess, I mean, it's it's like kind of like a identity politics term that got co-opted by the alt-right because they thought it was funny to make fun of identity politics people. <laughs> we gotta keep shifting our language. It was kind of like the opposite of cuck, right? Because cuck was like an alt-right term that got co-opted by lefties because it was so funny to make fun of alt-right people by pointing out what, like, how obvious it was that they were, like, insecure about it. And that's why they thought it was, like, a good insult. And then they stopped using it because they were like, shit, they're right. It is embarrassing that we're so worried about people sleeping with our wives. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, write into the email, bigfactsnocappod uh, big at gmail.com. Write us in. Tell us whether or not you want more or less child abuse jokes. All right, Paul. So I actually don't have a topical tip for this week. Sorry about that. Um, What? Adrian. Hmm? You know I don't like change. 
I I know you're uh, you're very stubborn. You're very conservative in your mind in your mindset and in your. Worldview. I like routine. I eat the same thing for lunch every day. I wake up at the same time. I go to bed at the same time. I work out at the same time. What are you talking about? We do talk buckle tip. That's what we do every week. Well, I think we're early enough on where we can kind of um, branch out and try some new stuff, and maybe we don't need to be married to the topical tip. You know, I don't believe in marriage, so I think we should explore our options, play the field, maybe try some other types of segments. All right, you've convinced me with your logic and reason. Damn. All You're right, like the Ben Shapiro it. of this podcast. What Ben Shapiro is to our <laughs> culture, you are to this podcast. Logic and reason. Um, okay, so this is a new segment that I've devised called... Hold on. Mm. I think we right. can come up with a better name than. <coughs> but you're We're not keeping that. I don't want people thinking that I have the Rona. <laughs> this is a segment that I've devised called Wiki Why. So I think one of the uh, greatest sources of advice or instruction, I guess, if you want to use the term more loosely, uh, for our society is the enigma that is WikiHow. It's one of those things where it's like Yahoo Answers, where like I've never used it seriously. I've only ever used it to like make fun of this weird platform that I don't know who actually uses this unironically. Trump um, voters. But Wiki, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So WikiHow is kind of known for being like a kind of a wacky website, uh, but they do give you instructions and advice on how to do certain things. So I thought it'd be fun for us to read through a WikiHow article. And give our takes on uh, what their advice is for certain problems. And so I've, I've kind of thematically tied this to our episode today where we've talked about teachers and parents and uh, kids and their relationships with, uh, you know, their parents and teachers. So I thought this would be a good WikiHow article. So are you ready for this? Um, okay, so I'm going to start with the metadata about this article. Um, it has three stars. It has 146 co-authors. Um, Wait, it was sorry, last did updated. I miss it? Did you tell me the title already? Oh, no, I'm, I mean, I'm leading up to it. Okay. I want this to be like a drum roll moment. So it, it's uh, it's got three stars. It uh, has 146 co-authors. It was last updated May 6th of 2020, and it has about 225,000 views. So this is how to cope with a crush on your teacher. On your teacher. Okay. Paul, did you ever have a, a crush on your teacher at any point during school? No, I didn't, but very famously, I'm sure this is going to come up at some point while we review this, but our friend Hunter had crush would be a light way to describe what he had yeah i was say i don't think i don't think you can call teacher. that a, you, you can't call that puppy love yeah he was deeply in love with her to the point where he was like actively trying to get her marriage to end he would report back to us daily he about the would, progress he made he would try to undermine her husband constantly and i mean this sounds like kind of jokey like oh ha 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 he like liked this older woman but like it was deadly serious to him he absolutely wanted to get in there like 100 percent. he would tell her to her face like your husband isn't a real man i could make you happy he was he was, he was if anything sexually harassing our teacher it was it was a lot i'm surprised there weren't complaints filed to be honest but it was um, beyond hilarious to be his friend because the amount he was oh yeah the confidence level at which he he went about this where he thought he was actually gonna get in there like where he thought she was actually gonna like kiss him or like hook up with him at some point was I, I've never seen anybody who believed in himself more it was it was it was beautiful honestly it was like a testament to the human spirit if anything actually I wouldn't describe it that way I would describe it as like the epitome of like the unearned confidence that comes with being a white male in society <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that might be the other way to put it 
<laughs> yeah, I think that's a more succinct way to put what his uh, his worldview was about this whole situation of trying to get with his teacher. He absolutely um, thought it was gonna it was gonna happen one day. <laughs> it was incredible. If he sets his mind to it, anything's possible. That's what they told him as a kid, <laughs> and so he believed them. He would just like show up to lunch and he'd be like, "Oh, Frau said that like she said I was really funny today when I made a joke about uh, the sentence in our German book." So I think I'm almost like we're almost there. Be like, no, you're not. We, uh, <laughs> no, you're we're, not. We're, we're putting her name out. <laughs> oh, bleep that, bleep that. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. It's um, man, it's weird because I don't actually have too many like stark memories about this whole escapade. I just know that it was a thing, and that it was ultimately unsuccessful. <laughs> oh, boy. um, <laughs> just, yeah. The funniest part was just the ways he would try to undermine her husband. Like just the amount he'd be like. Her husband isn't a real man. He can't make her happy. Just like the. Did he ever actually meet her husband? Yeah, because he would go to every sort of like German extracurricular activity. Because right, she where they do there. like the little German food for the German fair mm-hmm. thing or whatever. And um, yeah, and Hunter would like pull up a, a big verst and be like, hey, this ain't your husband, right, Frau? I think uh, it, sorry, bleep out that name again. <laughs> I think it actually made him obsessed with the German culture, which is why he decided to move to Germany. Like, this crush actually directed How is it that we didn't diagnose path. that earlier? Yeah. <laughs> to this is very clearly, like, yeah. The effort he put this into that class thing. and into learning about the German culture is what eventually led him down the, like, current occupation, job, where he lives. Like, it's it's all connected back to this, like, incredible, incredible amount of love he had for a teacher in high school. So we, I think this is what people mean when they say that, like, teachers really inspire us, right? <laughs> <laughs> to follow our dreams. For me, it's, um, it reminds me not of a teacher, but an older woman that I had a crush on where, like, her like it, it was enough of like an open secret that like her husband like w- would make jokes about how he was gonna beat me up and he was like a military officer like he trained other people in the military uh who are you in love with that i don't... no i've definitely talked to you about this person before this was uh someone who i worked with at trader joe's oh okay yeah yeah okay i remember her okay so yeah, this yeah, is yeah. like when you were older so it's not so adorable i don't know why you're thinking of yourself as a kid when you worked at trader joe's you were like 19 and 20 well i mean she did point out at one point that like i was closer in age to her daughter than i was to her mm. uh so i'm not saying that like it was adorable but I'm, i am saying that like it was a situation where like it was an older woman who was in a stable marriage where like i just kind of like was there like thinking like you know maybe 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 they're not happy maybe maybe they're really putting up a facade okay you just came out white men for having that incredible confidence but oh no mine wasn't mine wasn't very confident mine was very much like uh you know i got a plan a Mm -hmm. but as a plan b if it turns out that this ain't working for yeah the stock room at uh, trader joe's gets like hot like maybe she needs to pull off her jacket to to, you know cool off a little bit you two are the only people working there late at night to close up the store i I mean i can see yeah as is often done at trader joe's as is often done at grocery stores, there's two people left working. <laughs> Paul, this ain't Moe's. This this is a real this is a real job. Hey, how bro. dare you? We can... Also, yeah. um, if anybody's listening, I am actively boycotting the Moe's in Lexington, South Carolina. Don't eat there. Yeah, I think AOC tweeted in uh, in support of that boycott. So I think <laughs> I think you're on the right side of history there. Okay, so yeah, and then in terms of like me having crushes on teachers, I don't think I ever had one. Me either. I can't really think of ever being attracted to a teacher. The the closest I ever came to even really like liking a teacher as a friend was like quite an old lady who was my economics teacher. 
I uh, wasn't attracted to her. Oh, Miss Yeah, Miss That just brings me to the point that there was only one teacher through my 18 years of that I would have even considered, like, wanting to be friends with. There was definitely no teachers I would have wanted to, like, wanted to have dated. I did not. Like, for whatever reasons, for being a nerdy kid, like, the stereotype about nerdy kids is that they love their teachers. I always had, like, a lot of disdain and hated my teachers. Oh, geez. I don't, I don't go that far. I just kind of, like... It was okay with my teachers. I um, guess for I most think... of them, I was okay. I I either felt ambivalence or I disliked yeah. them and thought they were kind of annoying and was generally like just a nice, respectful student because I knew they could affect my yeah. grade. And I, I, I think there were some teachers I admired. I think maybe that we missed out on some. Like I think there was a really attractive Spanish teacher we had in middle school who actually had like a romance with another teacher and ended up getting married. Yeah, to them. I was in her. I was in the uh, math teacher's class in eighth grade that she had a romance with. I, he was like Mr. Brock something I forget his name uh, yeah I think so Mr. to your right yeah he was a baseball coach at our middle school um, yeah he was he was a real jackass I did not like him oh interesting talking about me not liking teachers he was a perfect example yeah you were saying that uh, so she, you're saying that she could have done better with you <laughs> yeah sure no, you could have had honestly, that you could have had that little like mama. I'm gonna go ahead and assume her personality was shit because he was just like a real fucking annoying no no human. no no she was just broken she's just <laughs> seeking out bad men um uh okay so yeah so l- that's enough bullshit off top we're like 22 minutes in <laughs> let's get to the actual WikiHow article um so this is how to cope with a crush on your teacher it's got four separate parts so this is gonna be like a contrapoints video where we're gonna have to like go through part one part two part three part four and the description is crushes are completely natural not too easy to handle and most of the time completely harmless it can be fun lusting after a person, even if you know pursuing a relationship with them is pointless. Sometimes, however, those feelings of lust become obsessive and can lead to problems down the road. Learning to cope with a crush on your teacher is hard, but necessary. It's a part of growing up. You need to look outside of the situation and look at it as if you're someone looking from the outside of the situation. This can help you overcome your feelings towards a member of authority. Oh, God, that makes it even hotter, doesn't it? When you remind, <laughs> when you remind people that it's a, uh, someone with authority over you. Oh no! Uh, you're gonna you're gonna send me to in school suspension and smack me with that ruler. <laughs> um. So they're immediately taking the uh taking the tactic of you're not gonna get to hook up with the teacher you're attracted to. And yeah. So Hunter would just immediately throw this article away. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 starting with advice on how to get over them, not advice on how to woo them. Well, yeah, because the article is called "How to Cope," not "How uh, to." Uh, uh monopolize hey i think i think you could cope with having a crush on your teacher by by just getting a fuck out like it's like uh once people ask like how do i get over my uh like my sexual feelings for my ex and they're like hey bang it out one more time get get it get that out um interesting okay yeah i don't yeah now so i guess it's slightly different but i know a grad student who's like dating a professor and like was in their lab and so they had to switch out of their lab Mm. Um, how about you as a ta what have you have, have you had to look up the rules to see if you're allowed to date a student or has that not come up enough for you to even look up the rules uh, no because i don't follow the rules <laughs> <laughs> enough said okay so part wait one was that really is... enough said is, have you hooked up with a <laughs> student <laughs> no of course not okay yeah, yeah they're they're little, they're little babies like you, you, you don't you don't look at the kids you're teaching uh, as a TA and think like, oh, these seem like well-formed adults. <laughs> you look at them and you're like, oh, these are little little babes. Well, we need to cut this part because me being questioning about it makes me feel like a pig that you, you have that opinion <laughs> in comparison to my opinion. 
Um, I see them as these innocent little orbs in which I can deposit knowledge, not semen like you, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, Maybe it's just me, but for me, that's how I think about these things. Okay, part one, accept your feelings. Admit that you have a crush on someone. Understanding the problem is the first step in moving forward. Don't feel bad about having a crush. Crushes are something that everyone experiences at some point, and the human brain is actually biologically programmed to fall in love. So, good start. Accept the fact. Yeah, fair enough. Two, allow yourself to feel sad. Getting over a relationship is hard, even if that relationship never fully materialized. Give yourself some time to mope around and feel badly, then pick yourself up and move forward. Make sure you're not upset for too long. While feeling sad, also take steps to comfort yourself. Try taking a hot shower, listening to one of your favorite playlists, and speaking nicely to yourself. It's an odd list of advice, but I get what they're going for. That, that, that makes sense. Go on. Um, step three of part one. Commit to moving on. Knowing that this relationship will never progress is an important step in moving past it. Uh, Hunter would never have gotten to this step. <laughs> he was always so uh, sure that it was going to get beyond that. Um, okay. <laughs> Remind yourself again and again that what you're doing is necessary for your own personal happiness and growth. Remember that you will have other crushes. In many people's minds, having a crush on your teacher veers towards the inappropriate sector. No matter how you feel, it it is against the law to be with someone who's over 18 if you are under 18. There There will be others who you prefer in the future and others who you have a real chance with. Focus ahead without dwelling too much on the dynamic with your teacher. So one thing I'll mention here is that um, the whole age argument specifically doesn't hold for teachers and students in grade school. Did you know that? It's a crime no matter what. because Yeah, even if the student's 18, if they're a senior, if they were held back or whatever, which is why I think it's so weird that Booksmart has the bit about the teacher like fucking the student who like was held back for two years and was 20. Like it's still a crime. Like if they're a student and you're a teacher for you to be romantically involved. It obviously should be, right? It should be it should be illegal for anybody with any situation of power over another person at that level where obviously for high school, like getting a high school diploma is incredibly important to your life and potential like future career aspects to sleep with that person because that power di- dynamic is just incredibly fucked up. It doesn't matter if you're 20 or yeah. 19 or it's, 18. Like, It's exactly why Pine Grove was canceled. <laughs> um... I, you know the rules, Adrian. You mentioned Pine Grove. You gotta give us a bar. A bar of Pine Grove. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta give us a stanza. Oh God. Uh... Neighbors. No, no, because Pine Grove makes me want to sing like seriously. Like they make me want to like actually try, and I'm not about to do that fuck boy shit on this podcast. <laughs> I'm not about to actually like bring out my little singer songwriter and sing the beautiful lyrics that Evan writes. Um, okay, so here's part two: behaving appropriately in class. Uh, another one that Hunter could have uh, taken advice from, but did, decided not to. <laughs> uh, number one, focus on your studies. The reason you're in school is to learn and get a proper education. So take the energy you would normally spend thinking about your teacher and refocus it on your work. You'll see improvements in your academic performance, and it'll take your mind off your teacher. That's actually a strategy I've used before. I think that's totally legitimate. Like I've take I've used bad relationship stuff to just like as an excuse to get really into my work and get work done. And that's actually been a pretty good remedy for me. Interesting, because my take on this was going to be, who the hell wrote this? Pete Buttigieg? Like, who's this nerd? (laughs) I was about to say that it's like the whole uh, success is the best revenge, but it's not even that. It's literally just like, work for me is hard enough where like a lot of my relationships have been governed about the fact that like, I need to put my work first. 
So it's not even like I'm trying to like be a big scientist so I can be like, ha ha, you fucked up. It's more like I'm just trying to survive in a world where everyone's better at my job than I am. Ha ha, you fucked up. I actually made a big discovery about bees. (laughs) But interesting, yeah. No, I like to wallow in my sadness, like really spend a lot of time in my bed, not get up. I like to uh, spend a lot of time dodging obligations, dodging friends' phone calls and texts. Uh, That's how I deal with rejection. But I mean, there's different strategies. Yeah, we're all trying to cope. Okay, part two, step two. Stop thinking about your teacher romantically. How is that not step one? And just end it. <laughs> that sounds like definitionally what's trying yeah, to happen. Like, <laughs> it's not a step. Um, that is tautologically the right answer. <laughs> stop stop having daydreams where you're both where you're both eating a string of spaghetti to from two opposite ends and end up kissing. <laughs> Thoughts frequently lead to action. And visualizing something makes it more likely to occur, and people will see you. Thinking about... Also, I don't know if you know this, but WikiHow gives citations, and so that's the second citation of the article so far, is that people will see you while you're visualizing (laughs) your romantic intentions. So, thinking about your teacher increases your chances of doing something you might later regret. Try focusing on things about your teacher that you don't like. The idea here is not to dwell on the negatives, but to remind yourself that this relationship was not as perfect as you might think it was. Um, so think about age differences or appearances. So they're basically telling you to, like, neg your teacher <laughs> in your mind. Imagine your teacher in their underwear, and then you won't be so embarrassed. While oh, that's very speech. bad advice, Paul. That's exactly what you're telling them not to do. God damn it. <laughs> You know what, Adrian? This is why I don't write for WikiHow. <laughs> That's why you didn't land that job. Okay. Uh, step three. Limit your interactions with your teacher. Interact with your teacher in class, but don't seek them out or try to spend time with them outside of your designated class time. It just isn't right for you, especially as they're probably quite a bit older than you. It's generally okay to date a person older than you later in life, but a young person dating an older teacher is often considered inappropriate. And I don't know where Citation 3 came in, but Citation 4 made sure to back up the point that teachers fucking their students in grade school is considered inappropriate. Uh, In case you didn't know. Um... Do not contact them on social media or try to meet them outside of school. Respect their position as your teacher and give them the space that they need to do that job well. PC culture gone amok, if you ask me. I know. No, right. yeah, that makes sense. Uh, students. Uh, yeah, absolutely don't like, don't don't be going to Starbucks with them or anything. Did you ever see your teachers outside of the classroom? Oh, incredibly like uncomfortable. Weird? Immediately. Like, you see them shopping and you're just like, ugh, get away from me. So, uh, part two, step four, utilizing if-then planning. Making decisions in advance about how you will handle your impulses can help you be more successful in conquering them. Think about how you'd like to act when your teacher... How, think about how you'd like to act when talking to your teacher and then follow through with your plan. I, I don't know if if-then planning is like a common like counseling technique or something, but yeah, that's basically part four. Um, okay, we're on to part three, getting outside help. 
Speak with a licensed professional. If you are concerned that your crush on your teacher is impacting your day-to-day life and also preventing you from concentrating on your studies, talk to a therapist or school guidance counselor. If you're concerned about privacy, talk to a therapist rather than a guidance counselor. Your therapist is required by code of ethics to keep what you say confidential. Guidance counselors are not bound by the same code, and you can easily report inf- and they can easily report information that's revealed to them. I like how part of this advice is just letting you know that gu- guidance counselors are fucking snitches. <laughs> Remember, you can tell your therapist about that murder you committed, but you cannot tell your counselor. Um, Shout out to uh, guidance counselors, the original big facts, no cap. <laughs> yeah yeah you guys were given advice before it was cool to give advice before me and adrian fucked up the game and made this the thing everybody wanted to do all right uh part three step two talk to your friends your friends may have similar experiences coping with crushes and might be able to offer you some interesting advice or perspective if nothing else talking about your feelings might make you feel less alone cool step three yeah, that's perfectly fine. Um, I think there's a warning or a tip later on that says, like, make sure you are confiding in the right people because it can be very embarrassing to have it come out that you. Step three. Why do I feel like we've been talking about this for hours? Jesus. <laughs> I know, right? So this is this is part three, step three. <laughs> Getting outside help. Step three. Transfer out of the class. If you find yourself unable to stop thinking about or inappropriately interacting with your teacher. It might be best to just take a more dramatic stance and talk to your guidance counselor or academic advisor about transferring out of the class. Be honest with your counselor about the feelings you're having with your teacher, and if they don't fully understand how much these feelings are distracting you from your schoolwork, they might not be willing to let you change out of that class, but trust that they're professionals who are trained to deal with situations like this. Okay, we're finally on the final part, part four. Moving on from your crush. Step one. Distract yourself with extracurricular activities. Pursue new hobbies and renew old passions. Join new clubs and sports or recommit to old ones. Take the time and energy you previously spent lusting after your teacher. God, why do they make it sound like it's a whole activity per day? Like you like are blocking this out <laughs> during your day. Yeah, um, no, I, three... I, I like this advice. Fuck with yourself. Yeah, yeah. Live your best life. No, but still, just the idea of like take the time and energy you spent lusting after your teacher as if it was like, uh from three to five today i'm gonna lust after my teacher women think about having sex with their male teachers once every eight seconds adrian that's just a that's true also try to get out and find some new people to spend time with to get your mind off them step two spend time with friends develop relationships with other people especially people your own age work on strengthening current (laughs) friendships and cultivating new ones open your mind to meeting and spending time with new people and you may find yourself falling out of love faster than you think part four step three Go somewhere new. Taking a trip or changing up your surroundings is incredibly healthy. Traveling can help. (laughs) Exactly. That's why I love this one so much. It's it's like (laughs) take take a gap year in Barcelona if you have that big of a crush on your teacher. You know, really like experience all that Catalonia has to offer. Uh, this would have been my advice to Hunter if uh, he had asked me in high school. Is like, yeah, I mean, you know. Take a gap year from seventh grade, from uh, tenth grade to eleventh grade, and uh, eat, pray, love your way through southeastern Asia. You know, <laughs> I think uh, that's probably what you need. Uh, okay, uh, <laughs> taking a trip or changing up your surroundings is incredibly healthy. The Traveling can help of you. The Tibetan mountains. <laughs> Traveling can help you expand your mind and see how the see the world in an entirely new light. 
Traveling also teaches patience, flexibility, <laughs> and perspective, which are all important qualities that will help you get over your teacher. <laughs> so, Becky, how did you handle having that uh, crush on that teacher in sixth grade? I got in my car, I picked a direction, and I just drove. The sun's got to be setting somewhere, and I'm just going to drive west till I see it, baby. <laughs> Part four, step four, date someone new. Damn, they got that Adrian advice in here. Yeah, go for yeah, it. Yeah, apparently, well, I guess this is less than, yeah, this is less than what I was saying, but the best way to get over an old relationship is to get involved in a new one. Don't rush into anything you're not comfortable with, but allow yourself to be open to the idea of dating and pursuing relationships with new people because you have to move on. There's no agreed-upon length of time to wait after suffering a broken heart, but it is important to take some time to spend with yourself after a breakup and rediscover who you are, what, what you like, and what you value in yourself and in a future partner. And that's it. A couple of tips. Um, don't let your feelings interfere with your studies. Be clear-minded and free of distractions. Accept crushes as part of your normal everyday life. Uh, and take comfort in the fact that some psychologists believe that crushes only last about four months on average. This was uh, helpful to somebody, I'm sure. All right, Paul, so do you have a uh, big fact for this episode? No, I'm going to let you go ahead and go first this time, Adrian, because I'm still thinking. I'm still trying to gather my thoughts. I think it's been quite a crazy episode. So My no cap is going to be... Um, when it comes to parent-teacher relationships both in terms of your views on the teacher and in terms of setting up your child so that there's not anything weird for them to like be pointed out about by your teacher just like do the do the work at home like uh set up your child so that uh there's nothing weird or wrong about them <laughs> that the teacher has to comment on and like contact you about and don't be a nosy person who's like I don't like that this teacher is doing this or that like, just set up your child and be enough of, like, a reasonable person that you can be like my parents and never have to actually speak a word to most of my teachers throughout most of my time in school. Because otherwise, it, it means either your child is wrong or you're wrong or something about all of this is fucked up. And maybe there's the rare scenario where, like, the teacher just kind of sucks and you have to get involved. But, like, theoretically, the, the ideal solution and the way that you can kind of, like, verify that you've done your job as a parent correctly and that you're a reasonable person is like if you have 12 years of schooling with your child without any incidents coming about and you know adrian um i think i'm gonna switch things up a little bit this week and say that i don't know if we said anything intelligent enough throughout this episode for me to justify having a uh having a big fact i don't know if i need to uh push any uh any idea as special so i'm going to uh rescind my ability to uh, deliver a big fact and encourage the audience to immediately forget everything you may have learned or thought you learned throughout this episode. So that's that. It was fun, buddy. Talk to you later. Don't say I didn't warn you about playing them hard games like calling me out of my name. Some of y'all still gonna try to show off and get busted in your goddamn mouth. I won't understand how I make a call a man a bitch or a whore and be playing. In my book, that's a no-no. Your mouth the write a check that your ass can't cash, bro. Pop you on the butt for what? Niggas and got where they play too much. Willie did tap a bitch and that's it. Anything else is punk shit. I give you some of this or some of this. They just special effects, but you can bet. I got something to make them hoes either fuck.